This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There's something else, though, that uh, really has me bewildered, and that has to do with the frontline officers with the Toronto Police Service and uh, the outrageous situations they may find themselves in. To wit, this is Chief Saunders uh, and his verified account. Uh, he tweeted, earlier this year, my Toronto police officers attempted to arrest a suspect for firearms offenses. The suspect's response was to shoot a 380 semi-automatic handgun at my officers. Are you as surprised as I am that he is out on bail? We need to get this right. Well, we need to find out what the Dickens is going on. Joining us on the line is the head of the association, Mike McCormick. Mike, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, John. You? Likewise, thanks. By the way, you recognize this story at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, this has been a, a like not in particular the story, but I recognize the theme of the story. And ever since, uh, you know, my days on the street, one of the uh, most frustrating things that we have in, in policing is uh, dealing with people that, you know, um, are frequent flyers and then out, out, out on bail. So this is not a, anything new. Um, and we've been dealing with it for years, and it is very frustrating from a frontline officer's or a policing perspective um, to be dealing with people who are out on these types uh, of charges. It's very frustrating. Yeah, so he shot a three eighty semi-automatic at one of the officers, or maybe a couple of the officers. You don't mm-hmm. know the particular story or the uh, particulars around this suspect, who it might have been, and where the source of the gun, the three eighty semi-automatic. I mean, is that something, a weapon of choice in the streets? <laughs> Again, like handguns are weapons of choice, and then it doesn't matter which handgun. But again, I'm not familiar with exactly which one the chief is referring to. Um, but you know, like I said, John, this is always troubling when you're when you're dealing uh, with people with, with firearms. But you know, when I look at this, and then I say, okay, now the chiefs, uh, and I, I look at his two recent tweets about bail conditions. This is something we've been concerned about for some time. Um, you know, there are issues around, you know, people's charter of rights and freedoms and the judges, when they do uh, give bail, this is something we've been advocating that way in particular with people who have gun charges that, you know, that is at the extreme when we're talking about violence, any violent offender, they should really be very uh, uh, cautious in, in giving bail and make sure that their due diligence is done and the law is followed, uh, followed to the letter. But for me, like, it seems to me that, you know, the chief is now saying, oh, well, it's bail conditions. I just don't want um, this to be somebody looking at this. Oh, well, now the reason that we've experienced or we're experiencing this huge uh, increase in violence over the last four years is because people have bail conditions. Well, why weren't we talking about this four years ago? It's my first question. The second question is that, you know, do not abdicate the responsibility of uh, the lack of staffing and the lack of police resources. And don't try to put this on just bail conditions. Bail conditions is definitely one of the reasons that uh, we're seeing more people on the street who have, uh, you know, violent uh, offense charges pending. But this is a bigger problem than just bail conditions. Again, with Mike McCormick, he heads the Toronto Police Association to the chief's tweet that uh, I found rather unsettling. You know, where cops are uh, trying to apprehend a guy for firearms offenses, and he takes a shot at him with a 380 semi-automatic, and the dude was out on bail. When he says we need to get this right, uh, what does the chief mean? What is getting well, it right involved? Well, that's an interesting question, and, and, and I, I see that, you know, um, head of the um, Lawyers Association, our Michael Lacey, responded, and, and this is, I think, a fair response in that to some of that, is what what, are you, what exactly are you speaking about? Where's the data to support your argument, which is something that we should be seeing and the chief should be producing, the data to support that. 
um, you know, the, the arguments. But again, for us, this has been something that's been troubling for our members and, and frontline police for a long time. Um, and for instance, we used to have what we call bail compliance units, where we would, uh, when people did get bail, then they met all the criteria from the court. That's fine. They're legally entitled to that bail. But we used to have officers that would go out and check up on these people that would get bail, just because, like you see here, they breach all the time. And, you know, when they are breaching, uh, they go back into custody. And so the thing is, when we started this modernization plan, for instance, our transformation, one of the things they got rid of is the bail compliance unit. Didn't they reinstate that, though? Wasn't there more money earmarked for that just recently from the province as well as the city? Yeah, after four years of of us saying, look, we need to get more resources. So it's not as robust as it was in the past. But again, it's something that we were able to get uh, reinstituted. But again, like I want to, you know, just want to say, yeah, we have a big problem with bail. We need to to get, and when he says we need to get this right, there has to be discussion with the judges and and the courts. Um, Again, they're obligated to follow, obviously, the law. But I, I, I don't want this to be where, the chief's now saying, oh, well, it's the bail. Well, is so is that the issue with all the gunfire that we're having on the street? Slowly the bail issue? Well, uh, you know, it's been suggested numerous times, even dating back to, you know, Stephen Harper, when he put in the mandatory minimums, if this is federal because it's criminal code, uh, maybe it has to start at the top. And they tighten the laws on this and uh, really show the bad guys, if you're going to use a gun, there's some serious penalty to be paid. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I agree with that. But again, you know, I, I want to see the data that supports it. I want to see things that are going to have an impact, not just, you know, people getting out and making these statements that are, are bold statements that, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But Well, let me ask you, Mike, day, let me just ask you on that oh, note, oh. Uh, when you had earlier uh, in this week, Justin Trudeau spent two days in and around the GTA talking about, you know, uh, he doesn't uh, want a handgun ban. He'd leave it up to the municipalities, but he would ban the AR-15 assault rifle. I mean, what do you make of his proposals? Well, again, you know, okay, you're going to ban the AR-15 assault rifle. My question to to Justin Trudeau, are people are making those cases? I think they should be banned on a personal level, but just people should not have access. There's no need for them. But when you're talking about long guns or, and when Trudeau's talking about long guns and banning long guns, my experience and our experience in policing, there's not a lot of guys running around the street with long guns, uh, you know, and shot, uh, you know, out there with rifles shooting at each other. It's handguns. Like, I want to see something that has an impact. And in real well, would a handgun ban do it? Well, again, a handgun ban from a municipality, it, it, what what does that mean? No, I think the federal, if the federal government's serious about that and they want to look at a handgun ban, they would have to look at an absolute prohibition. And what does that mean? So don't be, and it's exactly what we're talking about, John. Don't come up with these statements, oh, we're going to ban long guns or something. If you want to have a meaningful discussion on something that's going to have an impact, talk about the handguns that these the, the the criminals are using and they're using for the violence in Toronto. They're not running out there around out there with rifles. No, but they're illegally sourced for the most part, aren't they? Well, handguns are. Yeah, right. Sourced. And so what yeah. would a ban do? I mean, uh, legal gun owners banning them, uh, is that going to deter violent crime? That's uh... No, no. And we look at other jurisdictions where there there is a legal handgun ban. And is that really an impact? And what we found from those studies, no, that doesn't have a direct impact, it, you know, on violent crime. And where are these guns coming from? They're not, 
again, uh, a majority of them are uh, obtained, almost all of them are obtained through illegal means. They're brought up from the states and so on. Yeah, Mike, so, i got to let you go on that note. Yeah. I mean, we've had this discussion in the past. It seems like it's going on uh, over and over and again, and because the election is on right now, somehow suggesting a handgun ban is going to be uh, the panacea to uh, yeah, stop this no, violent crime. We no. know it's not. Appreciate your time, Either. as always. Thank okay, you. take Thank care, John. You got Bye-bye. it. Mike McCormick is the head of the Toronto Police Association. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.